Welcome to the Naked Wellness Podcast. As a qualified nutritionist, I'm here to strip away the nonsense and get down to the bare essentials of nutrition and wellness. Join us as we debunk myths, chat with top-notch experts, and serve up practical tips that will leave you feeling empowered. Get ready to uncover the naked truth about living your healthiest life. Let's undress. Welcome back to the Naked Wellness Podcast. Today I am super excited because I have a super special guest with me. I have Ashley Koff. Ashley is a registered dietitian who strives to make better nutrition a way of life for all. She specializes in in actually unlocking people's genetic blueprint and creating a very personalized health program based on their DNA, which I mean, you can't really get much more personalized than that. So super, super excited for our conversation today and welcome Ashley to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, this is a, it's a real pleasure to be here. 100%. So did you want to start off with telling us a little bit about yourself and your own journey that you have been on? Uh, Sure, I'd say, um, so I'm on the verge of 50, uh, which feels a little incredible. Um, And uh, probably my early uh, childhood and um, into my early 20s was a lot of trying to first it was wanting to get rid of a belly that seemed to just kind of always follow me around no matter Mm -hmm. what I tried Um, and at the time there was a lot there wasn't very good nutrition information there was a lot of dieting information Um, I think that's probably the same but today I think we also have good nutrition information Um, so I tried a lot of unhealthy things a lot of diets and things that my friends were doing and they seemed to work for them Um, and probably my experience over, you know, 10 or 15 years with the things I was trying a lot of things that were not personalized. Um, It ultimately led me down some really not great to some not great places of, you know, what I tried, and also how I felt about myself. um, Mm -hmm. And um, how my mental, you know, challenges with my mental health, and if anyone can relate, you know, just kind of feeling like I'm trying so hard at this, and it's not working. Um, and I avoided food groups. Um, I tried over exercising. I was like a very not good athlete, but I was, I'm athletic and, you know, there was that part. And so not, you know, being insufficient in my nutrient intake and also being athletic, you know, was a recipe for a disaster on the field. So a lot of things didn't work out for me. Um, and I sort of hit rock bottom in Manhattan. I moved to New York city right after college and, I met somebody in a yoga class. And I tried all these different things. So if you've tried all these different things, I'm about to tell you, I probably have hit more of a rock bottom. Um, I went on a seven day goat's milk only cleanse because somebody pricked my finger and looked at my blood and was like, you've got a worm. And I mean, just this like crazy diagnosis. Um, and the crazy thing was on goat's milk only, I felt really good. So I was like, maybe something, you know, is healing or whatever. And a couple of days later, I didn't feel good. And I was like, forget this. Like I had been macrobiotic, vegan, yogi, everything else. And I was like, I'm just going to go drink alcohol and not really focus on my food for a while, et cetera. And I was lucky enough to meet, um, actually in a bar telling the story, I met an integrative gastroenterologist and what was really powerful to me in that moment was there and and through the work that we did together was learning that it actually had nothing to do with my food choices, how much I exercised, like any of these things. 
um, having been on antibiotics and um, today I would know a good bit about my genetics, but having, you know, I, I just didn't, my body didn't have what it needed to do run better. Um, so that was ultimately what led me to do this work. Um, and, you know, I kind of started down this path in around 2000 and really focusing on personalization, but we didn't have the tools for personalization that we have today. So I'd say today it's a lot easier to do this work. And I also would say nobody needs to go on a goat's milk cleanse. So that's kind of why I'm here, Michaela. <laughs> Thank goodness, because a goat's milk cleanse sounds challenging to say the least. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. But and yeah, like your journey totally. is just incredible. I guess if you never even had that doctor prick you and tell you to go on that goat's milk cleanse, you would never be where you are today because you never would have been like, there needs to be something right. more efficient and more beneficial to all of us. And I think there'll be so many people that can relate to your story of trying thing after thing after thing and being like, why do I just keep ending up exactly back where I started? And in today's world, diets, they're sexy, right? They're this shiny object that like, oh, this is going to be the one magic thing that is finally going to get me all of these results that I've always wanted. Sure, you feel great for the first little bit, but then you end up right back where you started again. And so then you find the next shiny object. And it's just this constant cycle that leaves so many women feeling defeated, frustrated, like it's their fault that nothing is working as well. And in reality, it's just that it's not actually personalized to you and you could be doing things that are literally working against you rather than with you. So I would love for us to start off with like, how does DNA influence our overall health and well-being? Yeah, I love that. And thank you for pointing it out too, because, you know, for a long time, people have said to me like, gosh, you probably spent so much money on your health, you know, like trying all of these things. And I was like, honestly, I'm not sure the amount of money. Well, let me be clear. The amount of money could have probably paid for my rent several times over in those early years. Yeah. But I think it's the hope and like the the mm -hmm. like hope and effort. Um, because when I apply like my effort in all these other areas, like I get great results, you know? And so it was like, here's somebody who, you know, whether it was education or on the field or like any of this other thing. So I think that's so important is for us to really look at our, just the value of ourselves and say, hey, I don't want to do something. I always say to people, I would actually rather you don't do anything for your health if you, unless you invest in something that's truly personalized. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing more personal than your DNA. Now, I want to start with, we obviously all have genes and we have our DNA. I do want to make, like, this is really important across the board. Your genes are not the answer here. The mm -hmm. genes are insights. And then I need to know who you are today. So remember, I said antibiotics, like I talked about, you know, what I was given when I when, you know, what was going on for me, you know, in that space. So that wasn't my genes on that part. However, understanding my genes gives me a much more targeted pathway. So it's the two of these, we like to say sort of like the yin and the yang, it's genetics, and what we call epigenetics, or your, you know, the choices that you make. And basically, the way to think about it is, um, it's not about a singular gene. So if anyone ever says to you, okay, there's this gene, like the BRCA gene, as we hear about as it relates to breast cancer, or another gene, APOE, about, you know, cognitive function, or even mm -hmm. when people talk about, like, I'll talk about things like the dessert gene, or the clock gene, or, you know, some of these that, like, help us understand how our body works. It's not about a singular gene. It's about understanding that in our body's pathways, in our design, 
when we have gene variations, which we all have, like there's no normal and abnormal, we have variations. So whatever your variation is, there are things that are going to work more slowly and there are things that might work more fast on that part. And when we understand that, we understand how you are designed. So that like what was upsetting to me in youth about, you know, having this belly, the belly was really related to digestion. But what I also learned is that my body it is really going to store energy. So I was designed to survive. Like I was designed mm -hmm. to survive and thrive when I look at my genes. However, that survival component means it's really hard for me to burn energy. So if uh, one of the things I want to do is avoid making fat, um, you know, or excess fat and, and being very careful. And then the other part is I got to work pretty hard at that. And I can't, what, what I tried for a long time was to sort of exercise my way to a balance of, you know, sort of that calories in calories out. And that was not going to work for me. Right. So that could make me, you know, I could be like, oh, woe is me on that part. However, when you look at the rest of my genes, like it's, it's magical to see, Hey, I've got, you know, I can hit it hard in the gym. Like I'm not likely to produce inflammation. I don't need a lot of recovery. You know, if I was Laura Ingalls Wilder, like for many of you might be too young to remember this, but like Little House on the Prairie, like I could make the house, I could go out in the field, like I have all these things that I can do. And so now I lead my life that way. I'm like, oh, look at all of these things. And it's helped me to really have a different relationship with food. And then really understanding around gut health, how foundational that is for me so that I'm as metabolically as efficient as possible. So all of that came from learning about my DNA. So one of the things that I would do, I would say for you, Michaela, is if, you know, when you're looking at your genes, it answers the question of how am I designed? And then we look today at, all right, what are your goals what it like, how does your body today respond? What's your digestion like today? What's your hydration like today? What's your sleep like today? So when we look at those things together, we can actually personalize a plan that helps us start to see how we're going to reach those goals for you most efficiently. Because at the end of the day, I'm about doing health efficient because we all have other things that we want to be able to do, right? It's like, let's let's get that stuff working and then, you know, do the other things that, that we enjoy and we're, you know, hopefully inspired, you know, sort of our zone of genius and, and what we want to do in our lives. So hopefully that explains it for you. I love that. And hundred percent, I agree. I always say to my clients, you want to get your health to a point where it's just as easy as brushing your teeth twice a day, every day. There's not all of this external energy and everything that has to go into it. It's just, it comes so natural because it's a habit and it works for you. And so once you individually worked out your DNA and how, yes, there were some things that you were doing that were working against your body, but you also learned, wow, there is so much I can be doing. What were some of the key shifts that you actually had to change, you know, in the way that you were eating and exercising to be more aligned to what your DNA was saying? Yeah. And to be fair, it may also help me to talk about some clients yeah. because I mentioned like I'm on the verge of 50 and I like the first time I did a nutrigenomics test was, a, and you only need to do it once. I've done it twice just because I was looking at two different tests to compare them, but um, you really only ever need it once if you have a, a good test. Um, when I did my test was probably about four, uh, about four or five years ago. So um, one of the things for me though, that I will tell you is um, 
I, I have great energy. I tip it like when I don't have great energy, th I, that's a really good indicator to me. Something's not working well. And yet when I had my genes done, um, one of the ones is, Ooh, you're a slow metabolizer of caffeine. So the person that was helping me with that was kind of was like, you need to get off of caffeine. And I've had times in my life where I'm off of caffeine. I happen to, I run a startup. I love to exercise. I, I, I like, I love what caffeine does for me and, you know, in that space, but I do also recognize and have gotten feedback. You know, if I've just had say an, a, a shot of espresso or a matcha, um, and then I come do a talk like this, people are like, I can't keep up with you, Ashley. You're like natural <laughs> caffeine, you know? So I, I, I kind of knew that about myself. And what was really interesting was, um, getting sort of the guidance initially, mm -hmm. you know, to not have caffeine. Um, and I'm, I'm not really good with people telling me that I can't actually have something like that's, that's, I just yeah. don't respond well. Like if I make choices, those are my choices, right. Based on how I feel, et cetera, especially because you find caffeine and dark chocolate. And I was like, now you're kind of tackling my favorite food group. So what I, I did avoid it for a long period of time. And interestingly, I went through a period where things just felt really sluggish and hard. And I was like, is this perimenopause or, you know, what's going on in that part? So what was interesting to me was to have conversation to kind of go through this and recognize, hey, you're a slow metabolizer. You don't want to have a lot of caffeine, but what if you start to strategically use caffeine? Um, what if you look at the, you know, when you're having caffeine before that workout? Um, what if you look at the timing of the day, the amount, um, you know, et cetera? So for example, I cannot have caffeine, and this is true of many individuals who are slow metabolizers. If I am doing a fasting, like if I'm waiting to have calories until say like 9 a.m., which is long for me because I'm up early. Um, if I have caffeine in that time period, you know how some people will have caught like their black coffee in there, or maybe they'll have coffee with coconut oil or whatever. That is an absolute disaster for me that like in metabolically, you know, so many different things, just not a win. But if I incorporate caffeine and calories, um, I actually have this great, like it can help me really feel satisfied and, you know, some of the other things. Um, and I think a lot of the, you know, there's good research about, you know, if you're choosing quality sources, what it can do for brain chemistry, you know, et cetera. So that's an example for me. Another example that I have um, sort of in this space for some of my uh, clients that I, you know, in terms of sort of looking down this path is um, we've been able to show people how when your genes are impacting neurotransmitters, so things like whether it's your epinephrine and norepinephrine, that like fight or flight response, or maybe your dopamine, maybe you're somebody who has a higher amount of dopamine kind of going around, or maybe you have fewer serotonin receptors, you know, and, and maybe a little hard. You can start to understand for some people where maybe they experience a busy brain a lot, you know, or busyness, and it's hard, either hard to focus or hard to sort of settle in one area of doing something. Um, and the flip side for somebody else is it might be hard for them from a mood standpoint to, you know, kind of get up and go, you know, on, on that piece. And so one of the things that that's been where we've used that is, first of all, just understand that's how you're genetically wired. And then the second part from that is to be able to use adaptogens strategically, um, to use meal timing strategically, to use exercise strategically, to look at all the non-food sources, you know, of um, it sort of of neurotransmitter support, um, and really hone in on that and kind of give people a better way to play to their strengths. And that's what I think genetics, you know, ha has this ability to do. 
One final area that I think is really valuable, um, there are, uh, especially in the States, there's a lot of um, attention right now to the semaglutide medication. So um, Wagovi, Ozempic, um, being used for weight loss, um, being used for diabetes. Uh, these are the medications where you're typically injecting a um, something that mimics a hormone. And what many people don't know is that our in our gut, um, we actually produce this hormone. So we're meant to produce that GLP-1 hormone. So it's very different if you inject it into you as opposed to if you're naturally producing it. But what I'm able to see from a genetic standpoint is, are you someone who's more likely to be leptin resistant? Do you have a predisposition in your genes to have glucose and insulin challenges? Um, are you somebody who maybe has more genetically going on around your blood pressure? Well, in that case, it says to me, hey, we've got to tackle this stuff naturally. And if we don't see results naturally, you may be someone where the intervention as well with the medication, or if you're maybe you're already experiencing, maybe you know it's somebody where we already have type 2 diabetes, et cetera, to use that medication. But there's a lot that we can do naturally um, and are able to do that. And I think being able to help people see that benefit and not necessarily start using something that has risk and side effects. And um, when we talk about financial resource and really no plan for if you go on it, how do you go off of it? Um, and I've just been through too many of these cycles of popular weight loss drugs that come and, you know, have worked with patients who've had weight loss surgery, et cetera. A lot of these things really like longer term impact your health. And I want to have you optimize your health as well as achieve your body composition goals. So um, we've been able to use genetics in a lot of, you know, really interesting. Oh, I'm going to mention one other thing. I don't know if any of your, I, I imagine several people listening, um, depending on your age, maybe in your 20s, you're thinking a little bit about it, but you may be impacted because you may have friends, you may have um, siblings, you may have loved ones who are have experienced disease, maybe you've lost them early, um, but family history can feel really scary. And one of the really powerful things about DNA is that it helps us look at, yes, you're, you may have a family history of high blood pressure or of heart disease, but when we look at your DNA, we understand how your body is designed. And so we can work on optimizing and reducing risk associated, very specific to you. And that helps me also target what tests I want to do. So mm -hmm. from a functional testing standpoint, what I want to track. So we can really work on, you know, reducing your risk longer term of these diseases that you may, you know, as I said, may be very scary to you right now that you're worried about, you know, I, I just had a patient whose um, uh, mother, um, had a heart attack at 42. Like she's really, she's young and the, and the mom is young and she's just so worried about this. I said, first of all, the stress is going to, is more likely contributing to a heart attack. So let's, you know, work on that. So now we've got a, you know, really healthy plan for her. And the way that we're reducing stress is also monitoring, um, certain labs more, you know, more frequently. Somebody, um, if they just looked at her age would be like, you don't need to worry about that stuff. But based on her family history, she should be looking at that stuff. Mm. So it gives us a much better way to kind of help you go in, you know, on, on that piece. Yeah, that's a lot, but I wanted to give different examples. Yeah, no, I think it's incredible to give all of those different examples to see just how wide the testing can go for different people. And right. so I would love to know, like, who do you see come to you to get DNA personalized health programs, like who is it for? What are your most common clients? How, if somebody's listening to this podcast being like, what signs or symptoms do I need that this is the right way for me to go on my health journey? 
Yeah. Well, I've had a private practice for 25 years. Um, in the last five years, I've run the company, the Better Nutrition Program. And only in the last year did we um, actually offer a roadmap where we have the um, the test as the foundation. And then, you know, we, we do all this at scale, but it's based off of um, how I've practiced. Um, so, you know, over the years in terms of who's come to me for this personalized approach, um, it's been you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're that Hollywood nutritionist. So, you know, I've worked with all of Hollywood. I worked with, you know, heads of states, presidents, you know, heads of countries, you know, et cetera, on that part. Um, and I've also worked with, you know, people who have very little means, very little resources um, and really value their health and, and want, you know, this type of an intervention. So um, to me, it's for everyone. What's really mm -hmm. interesting is, um I my I would say for many people their practice used to be like it used to be that more women were interested in nutrition and then kind of like the they would like kind of guilt the men in their life to like sort of come in you know and, and work on that. Um, I've always and maybe it's because I grew up with brothers and I just I, I you know a little bit of a tomboy et cetera. I've always had a lot of men in my practice and so what's really interesting to me about men is they're very attracted also to this genetic side because. Mm -hmm. They want, uh, men just want a quick, they want a very short to-do list. They want to know what they're supposed to do. And in most instances are like, okay, how can I make this as easy as possible? Like, you know, as you mentioned, like the brushing my teeth twice a day, sometimes that's even a challenge, you know? So how do, how do I make this simple? But for women, um, what I've noticed is, um, unfortunately, uh, we, so many of us from the time that we're really young have been trying and investing mm -hmm. and doing all this. So a lot of times the, the female clients that I love working with, regardless of their age, you know, I've had like a 16 year old and I just mentioned this, you know, very young, young woman with her mom, like come in and they're like, I've been like at 16, she's been trying so much. Right. And I also work with, um, young women who are also athletes and they want to make sure that their athletic pursuit doesn't compromise like future goals of fertility. They're like, I don't even want to think about having a baby, but I want to make sure that when I'm older, you know, that, and I do decide for that, that I, you know, how do I optimize so um, for women, a lot of times it's, hey, I've been trying things and I'm keenly aware that um, this doesn't feel as personalized as it could be. And they really like they recognize that that personalization, which I'm so grateful for, because, you know, when I was growing up, it was much more like like I would read a magazine and I'd be like, oh, you know, JLo, I'm going to follow her nutrition plan. And yes. like. JLo and I are not alike at all. You know what I mean? Like, so like, it's just not gonna, you know, not gonna work. And having worked with a lot of celebrities and having worked in Hollywood for a long time, what you see and read about in a magazine is often not at all what they're doing or what they did in one moment for one movie, but it has nothing to do overall. So, you know, I think for women, it really is that, you know, what, what tends to be attracted is whether I'm dealing with a health issue or I want to prevent something I really want to be as efficient and I recognize efficiency is that personalization, you know, and I think I'm just so grateful that we have these tools to be able to do it. Um, and we're, we're really working to offer this at scale. So financially, this isn't something that means I'm trying to do this and I can't do the other investments in like good for me skincare, or I want to make sure I can invest in my exercise routine and I want to be able to invest in good food. And, you know, so um, for us, we, you know, there are like, obviously there's a cost of a test, but we really try to kind of follow this model of making this more accessible than certainly mm -hmm. when I used to have a private practice, it was pretty expensive to come see me on that part. So um, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's really interesting to see who's coming in, but at the end of the day, I kind of feel like it's for everyone because this is, to me, this is the future of healthcare. For sure. And it has such an individualized 
part to it that mm -hmm. you know you could be coming for weight loss you could be coming for like you said fear of history of health conditions in the family but no matter what it is you can actually get to the root of you individually and personalize something for that individual and obviously you've mentioned so many benefits and, and positive outcomes from the clients that you have seen and the examples that you've given, which is incredible. Would you say that there are any limitations or potential challenges that are associated with this approach? Totally. You can't get a gene, a genetic test and then put a plan together. Like that's not it. So, um, you know, I, I use labs. Um, I do a lot of, um, experiments with people. So I have them do our hydration test, you know, drink eight to 10 ounces of water and let me know if you have to pee in the next, um, before two hours, that's going to tell me, are you optimally hydrated? You know, I'm going to test your sweet taste buds. So eat an apple and then tell me how sweet it is on a scale of one to 10. These are not things that your genes are going to tell me. So you're, so it's not like, um, um, it's not horoscoping. It's not like, oh, look at my genes. I'm a Virgo, you know, you know, on that part. So um, there certainly are limitations. And then there also are limitations to, um, you know, I think that we have to avoid sort of what I'll call a fix-it culture, where um, what I often talk about with individuals is like, we'll, we'll keep peeling back the layers of the onion of your why. Yeah. And sometimes your goal is in direct conflict or, or isn't going to meet us where the why is. Um, and that's like, I see that a lot in weight loss, you know, um, ultimately sometimes we get to a place where I'm like, Hey, like you either just aren't in a space where what I, what we, your body and what you probably need right now in order to see this kind of results, like it's actually not doable for you, you know, um, on that part. So for example, I had somebody who was really wanting to work on body composition and she just, she got injured. And, um, I was like, okay, like I, I like my, the best that we can do right now is try to have you retain some of your lean body mass um, and not gain weight, um, because you're going to be really limited in activity for a period of time, right? So how do we then like what we really had to work on is kind of all of her coping mechanisms were taken off the table. It was like, you know, she couldn't exercise, um, she couldn't have sex, like she couldn't, I mean, it was like one, you know, all of these mm. things. And so for her, we just did a lot of work on how can we give you, how can we support you, your mental health and kind of just nurture your body, help your body heal. And then when it heals, have it in a space where it's going to be easier, you know, for us to move forward. And that's really hard. Um, and that has nothing to do with your genetics like that there, it isn't, there isn't like something, you know, that's, uh, um, sort of a, a, a miracle, you know, cure or pill, uh, you know, in there, we just have to let the time happen. So managing expectations, that's one that I'm, um, my team knows I'm probably, if there's anything that like I hit pretty hard on, especially after having done this for 25 years is if you walk into my door and say like, oh, you know, within three weeks, this is my goal, or I have this piece on that part, you know, even my, uh, even celebrities that would call me like a month before the Oscars and be like, I want to lose 15 pounds. And I'm like, well, we might be able to, with your makeup artists and some of this stuff, have you look like you lost or, you know, but I was like, and by the way, if you lose the 15, even if we did something aggressive and had you lose that, it's not real weight loss. Like mm -hmm. it's going to come right back on. And so we always have to manage expectations and have that conversation. And, and oftentimes what that means is sometimes reimagining a goal or a, 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 a wish list, you know, and kind of looking at, you know, where we can go with that. But I'm glad that you brought that piece up yeah 
Yeah, because it is so important. And whenever there's something new and evolving in the health industry, it's so easy for people to latch onto it to be like, oh, well, this is going to be my easy way out almost. It's like, cool, I will get my DNA tested and then that's it. Everything else is just going to happen for me. And when it comes to health and even with the DNA testing, even though you have that personalized information, there still has to be work done behind the scenes. And, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force the horse to actually drink the water. And yeah. I think this, is, this goes probably hand in hand with the work that you do, where you can give all the information. You can be like, this is exactly who you are as an individual. This is what you have to adjust, but they actually have to go away and make those adjustments. You would be the perfect example when you have to, you know, cut the caffeine out. It would have been something that maybe you loved. It was habitual. It was part of your routine. But if you didn't adjust that in that time, you would have been continuing to work against your body. And so yeah. I would love to know, like, how do you kind of navigate that when you give people those lifestyle factors to change, whether it's their mindset or their exercise or their nutrition, how you navigate that with their personalized program, making sure that they do follow through with it? Yeah. And I, I can never make sure that they follow through it. What I try to do is make it as easy as possible. And so we use coaches. Um, coaching is so powerful. I'm not trained as a coach. Um, I use coaches, like personally, like any any successes that I have, I attribute to you know people in my life that have been able to help me set goals and um, and navigate my way towards them. And as I said, reimagine goals as life happens. You know, because that that's really important. Um, and so I think, and also that, um, not having too many things on your to-do list, cause the body actually doesn't like that. So one of the things that I do am really strict on is priority setting where it's like, Hey, we're going to work on digestion first or hydration first. And then we're going to work on this other piece because you like, if your body's not absorbing the nutrients, I kind of don't care what you're putting into it. It's just not going to, you know, it's not going to get where it's supposed to go. So working on those kinds of like prioritization is, is a really good skill, you know, within there. And then having the support of a coach to be able to shine a mirror back to you and say, Hey, you actually tried this, or I know you told Ashley, or you told the team, this is what you wanted to do, but you legitimately aren't doing it. So, Mm -hmm. or, Hey, like this, this is an example where somebody was like, yeah, I totally was, I was on it. Um, and then I started dating someone and she's like, I don't want to be done with eating at five 30 or six. Like I was, that was great. But now that I'm dating someone, I said, okay, well, there's a difference between that and now eating at nine o'clock, which is what mm-hmm. you're doing with him. So how do we find How do we like start to basically say, I don't want you to wake up six months from now having lost all of the progress. Um, it'll, you actually won't be happy in your relationship. Um, even though right now in that early dating time period, like it's so fun to, you know, be out with them and date, you know, and, and, you know, eat at nine o'clock. So how do we balance that? You know, what's the role of alcohol in there? And, you know, you know, how, how is that, how's your body choosing, you know, responding to that? So, um, I think it's really important to, you know, again, it's about personalization. It's about communication. Um, and usually what I say to people is if you see this as a partnership, rather than if you come to me or especially the way that things are marketed out there, if you're, this is why I talk about true personalization. So much of, especially in the DNA space of what is being sold out there is it's being sold as personalization, but not true personal. It's not delivering true personalization. If you do a genetic test and it tells you, and somebody tells you what supplements to go have or what foods to go eat, that's hogwash. Like that's not what a test should be used for. So we have to kind of ignore the marketing and it becomes really hard to ignore marketing because we get marketed to everywhere. Like, you know, you're, you're listening, you know, on Instagram or, you know, whatever, 
the way that you can sort of put a force field around you and ignore that is by having a plan and having a coach or somebody that's holding you accountable where you can message them and be like, all right, I know it sounds kind of crazy, but, you know, I was watching this thing and I saw that, you know, somebody's having pickle juice while they're doing their bike rate ride. And they said, there's so much, you know, they're so, such better performance. What do you think about me and pickle juice? And I can be like, well, here's the, here's what we can think about. Here's this. Um, and by the way, like you hate salty things. Why would you, you know, like, and, and we can go through it, you know, on, on that piece. So um, I think there are, the strategy is to have the right people in your corner and really to look at dismissing all the other stuff. And sometimes that feels less fun. Um, and, but, but it, again, it's about efficiencies and, and about results in that part. Yeah. And I guess everyone comes from a different life experience as well. And for so many people, I know some people listening to this podcast as well, will have, either had disordered eating behaviors or are currently yeah. experiencing some disordered eating behaviors. And I'd love for you to touch on how that actually has a play in all of this as well. If you've come from a history where you've done diet after diet, or you've been really restrictive with your eating, does that impact this? Is that more of the, I guess, the lifestyle factors that you take into consideration as well as the genes or does it impact? Like how does that intertwine with this all? Sure. And sometimes that we can actually, you know, it, and it like, so first of all, knowing how you're designed is going to help us in any healing, uh, you know, in any healing process. And remember what, you know, when I talked about neurotransmitters, that's your mood, that's your digestion, that's your sleep, that's your focus. Mm -hmm. um, that's the busy brain, you know, like so many of these things. Um, and, you know, disordered eating is often the presentation or it's the tool that we use um, to execute against something we're trying to achieve. Um, and so, you know, in that space, like what we can come back to and say, you know, one of the greatest challenges is if at any point in time, I'm a great example of it. I avoided all sorts of foods. I, you know, I had thing, I did a seven day goat's milk cleanse for goodness sakes, you know, et cetera. So, and it was called a cleanse, of course, it wasn't yeah. just, you know, yes. you know, et cetera. So in that space, um, the most important thing is that we can identify. So a starting point, a lot of times for me is, um, you know, to look at a micronutrient panel and to just see like, hey, do I have optimal levels of nutrients? Mm -hmm. And if I don't, how could I optimize that? And for many of us, it's just not going to happen just from food standpoint. So I can customize food and supplements. Um, sometimes I can take the pressure off, you know, maybe if I'm somebody where I've experienced disordered eating in the past, or I'm currently sort of in this in, you know, sort of grappling with my choices and, and finding some struggles, maybe having something that kind of gives me a safety net where I'm like, all right, I know I can commit to getting these nutrients in this way. And then that gives me a little bit more freedom with my choices because we also see orthorexia where people are, have identified, you know, oh, there's this perfect food, you know, like, oh, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to have kale. I'm going to have wild salmon. I'm going to have hemp seeds. I'm only going to have a cup, half a cup full of it, you know, whatever it is on that part. Um, we really, at the end of the day, like, how can we, uh, I was just writing this up for a client. So it's on my mind. That's totally her experience. I said, I need your, your genetics are showing me that if things are not delicious for you, you have challenges at mm -hmm. the genetic level with feeling satisfied. So one of the things that I need to do is find out what's delicious for you. Now that doesn't mean have, um, 
have a donut or, you know, be like, oh, the diet soda, you know, or whatever, because I love the sweetness of it. But it does mean how can I design food, you know, and, and give you choices. Um, and I like to say, I borrowed this from a yoga instructor, I make suggestions, you make decisions. But how can I give you suggestions that are going to be delicious in the moment? And if we if we have the nutrient support in place, it takes the pressure off of you also feeling like, oh, is that food meeting my nutrient needs? So that's a, a lot of the times I take that approach with someone where, and then absolutely critical is looking at optimizing digestion and optimizing hydration just to make sure that the nutrients are getting where they need to go, you know, in that space. So um, it's work, you know, that we do together and we do at a pace. Um, and sometimes that pace means, hey, team, I can't take on anything else right now. I just kind of want to, you know, go through this and experience, you know, what I'm experiencing, et cetera. And that's totally fine, too. It's, um, to me, the most important part. Actually, this reminds me of someone who was doing beautifully. She was really working hard on her um, blood sugar. She she had um, was pre-diabetic at a pretty young age and was concerned about it. And, and then... In April, apparently after my heart, I only like the black jelly beans, but she loves jelly beans. And so Easter happens. And in the US, jelly beans were everywhere. And she basically just, she was like, Ash, I just have to be honest with you. I just jelly beaned April. And that was my response to her. I said, so like, it was, it was, um, we were in May and she was feeling really bad about herself. It was the start of May. And she was like, I feel like I should quit or, you know, I had done so well and I know I should do those things before. And I was like, let's just put on the calendar. And I actually made her make a heart, not made her, but I suggested take a calendar, draw a heart around it and put I jelly bean to April. And we were like, awesome. You know, it was great, you know, on that part. And so then I was like, all right, so what do you want to do in May? And she's like, you know what? I felt so much better when my blood sugar was, you know, more stable. She's like, I like the way I responded to people. I like the way my digestion felt or whatever. I was like, Let's just get started back with that, you know, and, and work on that. So I think there are going to be just life mm -hmm. times where we, just, you know, stages and moments and things like that, where we just have to accept, um, all right, I just, I just made these choices. And it's really important for us to be able in that moment to, it has nothing to do with our genes. It has nothing to do with our nutrition. It has everything to do with just how do we want to treat ourselves mm -hmm. and, you know, be able to do that work. And sometimes we need other people to help us do that work as well, which, um, or my dog, which is it often, <laughs> he often helps me do that work. He's like, why don't you just ignore that? Like, why would you feel bad about yourself? You know, just like, he like comes and licks my face and I'm like, oh yeah, this is good. So you know, true. that kind of thing. Yeah, because right. at the end of the day, we're humans. We're not robots. We're not programmed oh. to be perfect all the time. And you actually have to Forever. enjoy the life that, no, literally. And yeah. you have to enjoy the life that you're living, the food that you're eating. And it's okay to go through those moments. And I, I just love that you touch on the fact as well that your body has to be at that optimal level to actually be digesting and absorbing all of the nutrients in your food. Because for a lot of people, they have this idea of what health is for them. But that idea of health is only looking a certain size and they forget to take into consideration. Well, how are your energy levels? How is your digestion? Have you got your bloods done? Do you actually know where you are at with your nutrient levels? You know, are you deficient in anything? And if you are, does that then actually identify as the healthiest version of yourself? Because you might be putting so much focus on getting all of the like and I do these in quotation marks, like right foods in but your body's not absorbing any of the nutrients from it. And there could be a much more balanced approach and way that you were doing this. I would love for you to touch on some of the most common myths that you actually do hear about DNA testing. And I'm 
surely might be a few because it is so new and upcoming and I feel like it's starting to get more out there but still quite new area for people to hear are there common myths that you do hear about the DNA testing yeah and I want to pause on one thing that you were mm. just talking about because the other thing that I just I think like it's 2023 and anywhere that yeah. you live in the world money is a tough like mm. dollars um whatever whatever form of money you know and in, in whatever um you know even if you even if you feel well resourced money is a it, like an investing in ourselves can sometimes feel either frivolous or not doable. So I do yeah. want to also identify, and that is going to be one of the things I'm going to talk about as it relates to the test. Like in the States, our test costs about $300. You do this yeah. test one time in your life, you know, um, mm -hmm. but at the, but at the same time, that's a resource allocation. So if one can't do that today, it does not mean that any of the things that I was just talking about are not within your reach. Like there yeah. are, I just mentioned to you, you know, we can, have you do any of these experiments and other things? And then at a time that you feel well-resourced and able to take on getting this information about yourself, et cetera, um, you know, we, we can do that piece. So um, I just want to make sure that anyone who feels that um, this is like almost an obnoxious or an unattainable thing because of costs, let's just take that off the table. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the, like, so that is one of those myths. Um, sure. The myth is that, following a what I'll call a genetic roadmap, or we call it our comprehensive plan, um, needs to be something that is, you know, uh, that is incredibly expensive. Um, and I do recognize that what that means for people, you know, is different. Um, I think that one of the things that like just the underlying, I always say this is just don't invest unless it's truly personalized. So I'd rather that you save your money, like take $5, put in an account, incur, you know, in, interest in it, just tuck it away. And when you hit $300, then we can use that. Then go down the path of doing other things right now that aren't going to give you, you know, this kind of comprehensive um, plan and approach, you know, et cetera. I think one of the other myths is that you can, that there's actionable information just from your test alone. Um, you really do have to understand, like you, you have to align it with your, your choices and, you know, and understand how your body is working today. Now that does mean that there could be actionable information, but it, you know, on, on that piece. And the other one is, um, I think I talked about some of these myths at the beginning is that, you know, Hey, if, if anyone's looking at one specific gene, um, you know, on that part, then rather than looking at pathways and a variety of genes. Um, the other thing is, it's not, I have bad genes. I think that's mm. a really important myth. Um, your genes are yours. So if we start from this place where you feel bad about your genes and good about somebody else's, um, we're totally missing the point of genetics. And that is just who you are is awesome. Like you're awesome and perfect and uniquely designed and all, you know, there's one of you and that's what our DNA is telling us. So all we really want to do is just understand who you are um, in that space. And then the other one, and I think it's a it's a follow-up to that, is you're not a victim of your genes either. So any of this genetic information, no matter how grim it might seem, is at times, or you know, especially, you know, we look at some of the more medical side of, of, of genes, it's insights that help direct us towards the choices that I can make. Um, and again, at whatever level I'm able to support those choices, the choices I can make to um to uh, optimize my health, you know, on, on that part. Um, I think that those, I, I would say that mm. that's pretty, 
I guess one final piece is also that uh, there's probably a lot of um, do it yourself, uh, like sort of, hey, get test and go figure it out on that piece. And um, I'm not even like, I, I don't consider myself trained in nutrigenomics. I use other clinicians who are experts in this space. I use a test that provides us with really robust support as a clinician, but I am a clinician and I have a clinician's mind. And I know when I look at something, I'm like, oh, that's going to help me understand why this and this are not going to work for you, but this, this, and this could work better for you. So investing in a test without investing in a comprehensive plan or support with it, with a clinician on that part does seem like a faulty approach in, in my mind. Of course, I'm biased because I'm a clinician <laughs> doing this. Um, but I, I think that that is something to really, um, to to look at, because again, that is, that's what really is truly personalized in that. So overall, you know, this type of journey for people to go on is literally, it's accessible to absolutely anybody. It doesn't matter what your health goals are. You can get that individualized, personalized approach to remove that stigma around this being something that has to cost a lot of money, but also it could be that last final investment that you do actually make in your health. Because if you make that investment properly, it is going to help you with the rest of your life and actually achieving goals and being able to maintain the results that you get rather than continuously bouncing back. And, you know, for some people as well, when they think about putting that investment down, if it's a bigger investment than what they've ever done before, it's like, whoa, this is scary. But if you take the approach of, well, this is it, this is the rest of my life rather than spending little bits here and there and there and there yeah. for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 plus years, I think it's, it's a really, really cool outlook to have, which I love. Now, I do have some quick fire questions for you. Are you ready for these? Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. Amazing. What is one thing that you must do every morning to set your day up? Oh, rub my dog's belly. <laughs> right up it. waking. He's so usually good. waking me up. Yep, totally. What is one thing that everyone can do every day to improve their life? Have a laugh. Yes, I love that. What is your favorite quote and why? Well, probably along that line, I would say um, from Jimmy Buffett, the musician, if we couldn't laugh, we'd all go insane. So it's it's my default. Yep. Oh, I love it. Just having that, you know, it, even how people talk about that smiling is contagious. You know, it just... Yeah. It makes you feel so much better. Now, one final question that I love to ask all my podcast guests is in the distant future, when you're looking back at your life, what do you think will be your biggest achievement or something that you will be most proud of? And now this could be something that you've actually already done, or it could also be something that you're hoping to do in the future. Oh, this was a big one. Um, yeah. You know, I think, I think that, um, I think it's something that I've already done that I will continue to do. Yeah. Um, and that is, you know, I'm really shining. I do, I help individuals get better based on helping them with this truly personalized approach. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that is, um, it's launching into a new era of healthcare. So I will probably have a, maybe a, even a more visible it, role in that. But I also know that I've been doing that, you know, since I sort of turned this corner professionally. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's it. Yeah. It's incredible. The lives that you are changing is just amazing. And I guess like the opportunity that you have to be in this area that is so new and upcoming and having such an impact is just so exciting. Did you want to tell the audience what you have coming up, if anything exciting for them and where can the listeners actually go to find you? 
Sure, sure. And I just want to continue to emphasize that if you cannot afford um, or choose not to get a DNA test, that's not what this conversation is about. This conversation is about being able to, you can feed your genes, you can make choices that are supportive. Um, you know, we can go down that path. Um, and so that does sort of tie into, you know, we um, we really provide opportunities and uh, for coaching and helping people identify and make their better choices mm -hmm. sort of wherever they are. Um, so yeah. uh, that I love. We're scaling our coaching internationally. So it helps yeah. us, you know, be able to reach more people um, and really working on diversity of, you know, dietary and lifestyle choices, et cetera. Um, I'm really excited about um, a series that I'm going to be doing on social media around um, this, uh, what we call this G GLP-1, this hormone that we need to learn about um, that ties into the semaglutide me medications and, you know, so all of that, because I, I want to help people understand how to do it in a personalized way and, you know, evaluate that. So I'd love to invite you to follow us on um, social media, easy on our Instagram and Facebook at the Better Nutrition Program. One of my favorite things is if you can actually um, DM me questions that you have, because uh, that's how, you know, instead of my team making up questions, that's how we get in and we really provide the value that you're looking for. Um, and we have some, you know, we have a guide and and some great opportunities for uh, people to be able to get some um some exposure to understanding personalization in a way that's actionable for them. So uh, head head over and follow us at social media. Um, of course, you can head to our website, the Better Nutrition Program. It's not, it's what I, the Better Nutrition Program is BNP, and that also stands for Better Not Perfect. And I would say our website's even in the better-ish. Um, our chat function there is operated by humans. So if you have questions, please ask in the chat box because as we're evolving the website on that part, I wanna make sure that if you come over there, you're not wasting your time. So um, just ask us and we'll direct you or we'll get a human to respond to you with what, what it is you're looking for. Ah, I love it. And I'll put all the links in the show notes so everybody has easy access to go over, follow along, ask the questions, Great. get all of the resources and information that they're looking for. But today's conversation has been Absolutely incredible, Ashley. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything that you have with us. It's been amazing. Thank you. No, I love it. And I look forward to getting to know you and your audience better. So um, reach out to me when you have questions, uh, if DNA stuff hits the news and you're looking for mm -hmm. a, you know, a, a thought about it, um, either myself or, you know, I have access to really qualified practitioners who can also uh, support you in that. So love it. Thank you so much for taking the time to cover the topic too. Of course. What an incredible episode today with Ashley. It is always so interesting to dive into some of these really different areas of health. I would love to hear what your one key takeaway is from today's episode. Just head over to my Instagram, which is KJ Wellness with three S's and send me through a DM because I absolutely love answering your questions, connecting with you all and just chatting further about your key takeaways and your golden nuggets from each of my episodes. I will chat with you in the next episode very soon. Until then, you take care. Bye.